The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. UFC unfiltered. Dean Thomas, listen, our little Jimmy Bird's all flying out, flying around somewhere. He might stop in. He might pop in. He might not. We're going to keep you uh, people guessing. But I got my BFFFFF in here. Oh, no, it's not Ray Longo. It's the great Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. But I just I can't stop laughing, man. There's something about you. This it's not serious. I don't know what it is about you, man. Why you just always make me laugh. Well, that's a good thing. Because you know what? It is a good thing. Hey, Dean Thomas, know what I'm doing right now? What? I always ask stupid questions like that because I don't know. You Obviously, you don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But listen to me. I'm looking up on my my magical iPhone. Oh, you know what I was listening to? King Kid Cuddy. Dude, oh, really? why did you ever tell hey, Motherfucker, why did you ever, why did you tell me about this King, is it King Cuddy? Kid Cuddy. Kid Cuddy. Just what I am? Did you ever hear that? No, I never heard it. I need smoke. <laughs> I'm going through a midlife crisis, Dean Thomas. This is what I'm talking about. You got what is wrong with you? <laughs> Shit. Ah, you're used to dealing with fucking grown-ups. We have so much fun. But this is what I was going to tell you. I love that King Cuddy. I do. But, uh... I'm listening to all his shit. I like his entire catalog. Yeah, he's good. I like I like Kid Cudi. All right, listen enough. That's not what I want to get at. That's not what. I, that's not the point. The point is, did you ever see these? Did you ever see these? Like these? Um, what is it? The the the, the, the drop it challenge when the girls are like the bus. Oh yeah, like, yeah. And then drop down. Uh huh. That's not what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> what I am looking at, my good friend Dean Thomas, is really the reason why I have your audience. <laughs> <laughs> is Dana White looking for a fight? There the Houston it is. episode. It's called Return to Houston. 
I didn't, I didn't know he gave themes to these motherfuckers. It's I, know, I didn't know that neither. When did these happen? Dude, maybe it's with maybe it's with the the good looking uh Derek Lewis on the on the on the uh on the uh the front, what is that, the thumbnail? What do you call it? Yeah, that? thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what's what's making people uh watch this thing. It's been out a week ago. Nine hundred and eighty-six thousand views. You gotta sum it up. You gotta round it up to a million. It's a million. Views. Yeah, let's let's not even let's not even fake the fun. I mean, just you can you Dean Thomas, give myself a hand. Yeah. Let me give myself a pat on the back. And I and Dean Thomas for the people out there. Oh, first of all, today's episode. <laughs> Dean Thomas, can you just go with this? Patty Pimplet is on. Yeah. And also, maybe Darren Till. They're saying they're trying to track him down. You know, he's a wild man. Yeah, he's a wild man. And it's fight week, so, like, it might be tough for him. It might be. You know how it is on fight week, Dean Thomas. Yeah. You know? Especially for him, he's probably cutting weight and all that stuff, so it's be tough. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, who the fuck would want to talk to us two fucking duck legs? The guy's losing weight. Does he think he wants freaking frack on here asking him silly shit? Yeah, honestly, that would, <laughs> that would be the best thing for him. You know what I'm saying? Because he's miserable. He want to laugh. Hey, you know what we're doing later? We are previewing the fights for this weekend. Yeah. Brunson versus Till. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We don't got to go pre- hey, listen. We don't got to go too deep. We do a once over. We talk about what we're looking forward to. I'm not even looking at it yet. I like to keep it fresh. Yeah. Dean Thomas, you know how you're that homework? Dean Thomas, you are a professional. On You're taking over. Everywhere I look or listen, dude, I'm watching the fights. I think I hear you in my head. And all of a sudden I hear you. Let's go to Dean Thomas. And I'll tell you right now, you're hitting that shit out of the park. Think so? I fucking think so. And even, even the commentators, they, they're always arguing with each other. You got, who's arguing? Like Dominic Cruz and fucking uh, Michael Bisping are always bickering. Nobody argues with Dean Thomas. They are, oh, very good point, Dean. Dean Thomas, <laughs> Dean Thomas with a good point. I, Dean, and not, never once are they like, what the fuck? <laughs> Did Why he just say? No. Dean, I'll tell you, man. What is that gig anyway? What is it called? The thir- It's what they call it like the coach's role. I don't know why they even call it the coach's role. Oh, I mean... You basically you're you're a coach. Yeah, so I, I guess they're just trying to get a perspective from like how a coach sees what's going on in the fight. Do you and, and but you also do the stuff. You're also on the couch with these with everybody. Yeah, I do the the weigh-in show with the guys, and then I'm doing the desk. Who the fuck's your agent? <laughs> I don't have an agent. You know what it is? I'm telling you, man. I just like man, and we talked about this. I just like to work, man, because I don't ever do. want to go back to doing a real job. You know what's so funny about that? It's so funny because I was talking about that with my wife the other day. Me neither. I don't know what a real dude. I'm a dude. You think I'm doing? Picture me over there at the Home Depot. I don't look down on nobody, but I'm not. Can you get me a two by four? Uh, what? Is it a, it's, how big is that? Dude, I'm a moron. D. <laughs> Thomas. God bless. I'm blessed with a couple, a couple of gifts. I always tell my wife, listen, you got to play to, I tell my kids, dude, you play to your strengths. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. I'm silly and I know how to fucking fight. Thank goodness. <laughs> I can make a living off that team, Thomas. Thank goodness. Listen. So, hey, you know what's funny about that? Which since we're catching up. Yeah. Uh, I'm having a, a Zoom meeting with a couple of uh, couple of guys that are, I might be getting an agent, you know, through WNE. You know, I, I go, I like to stay, keep it in family. Yeah, that's what's up. You know what I want to do though? It's what's only, that? it's strictly for the voiceover work. I want to get into that. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm I'm redoing my basement soon. 
And I might want to put like a little studio down there to maybe do something there for auditions. I don't know. I was talking to a guy yesterday. One of these guys said, maybe you could do it by your phone. Like, I don't, but I'm serious about that. I did that P3 protein commercial for Aldo. Yeah. And I did, I, I drove over in Long Island to a, a few towns over this, this place in Melville. I was in it. I was in that studio. I'm talking 15 minutes, Dean. I That's told, it. We talked about this a little bit, I think. And I told you how much I loved it. I go, dude, I read this thing three times. And they go, we got it. I go, wait a minute, you got it? <laughs> Are you serious? Because <laughs> normally I make this kind of cash. I travel for a fucking seminar or something. Yeah, this is it? Because I'm fucking in. I'm all. And you know me, Dean. Unlike you, I don't like to work. Yeah. <laughs> I like to do, I'm the opposite, dude. Are you kidding me? I like to just teach my, well, I make what I like to do my work. Yeah, and part of that's hanging out with you. Don't let that go to your head. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but listen. Besides that job, you know I love my schools. I'm my school, I should say. Now I'm always there, so I'm not looking for any more gigs. But once I did that, I go, motherfucker. Um, here's my fourth job right here. I'll do that shit. I'll do that all day long. That's what I'm saying. It's easy. It is. I, do you ever do the voiceover work? I don't do voiceover work, but. But like you said, you, if you play to your strengths, it's easy. You got a lot of strengths, Dean Thomas. Well, and that's well, not really. I just hide my weaknesses, well. Dude, imagine they, imagine they go, okay, let's go to the coach, the coach's corner. Go ahead, Matt. I'm like, hi, Michael. <laughs> like, is every, are you listening to? Does everybody hear me? Okay, back to you, Dom. Dude, they're not. Dude, I would, <laughs> I would be stuttering. I might throw a joke in it. They're gonna. I always told you I hated it behind that fucking analyst X when we used to do it on Fox. Yeah. I have nightmares of that shit. <laughs> I remember just looking at, like right now me and you are talking. This is fun. I remember talking to Rashad, telling him my point, which I meant about fucking RDA, whoever the fuck we're talking. I'm looking at him. I saw in his eyes, not giving off, like, almost like, are you done? Because I'm going to, I'm thinking about what I'm saying. And there's people in our ear telling us to, to, to rap or to, I go, fuck, I go, get me out of this hell. And I'm in a suit. I don't want to be in a fucking suit ever. Ever. No, but see, I'm different because I love to play dress up. And for me, it's just like playing dress up. What's with those wear? And what, when you're playing dress up with the sweaters, what are you, old man withers? Uh, what are, <laughs> I love your sweaters. Dude. I, wore, I wore an ascot last Friday. A what? An ascot. It's like a scarf tie. You put it, you know, like the old uh, Thurston Howe Third used to wear one. You know what I was talking about? You ever watched Three's Company back in the day? Yeah. Furley or Mr. Roper? Go. Choose one. Furley or Mr. Roper? Furley. Oh, I don't <laughs> Listen, Mr. Roper, hey, not for nothing. People said I looked like the guy. I don't like that. Nah, they, you they, know. He, I don't think I look like the guy, but there's certain things. But no one's not like it. But listen, Furley was funny because he was always out trying to like pick up the ladies and yeah. trying to be a ladies man and he was goofy and, and then he was like trying to fight me for the fucking you know, you remember, <laughs> not Furley? Mr. Furley? That's Don Knotts. For these kids, these kids got a they got a Google uh threes company and throw in Mr. Furley. Anyway, Mr. Roper, Jim just hopped in. All right, yeah, you know what? Get Jim in on this. We have to find out what Jimmy Norton. I don't like calling him Jim. I don't like his full name. I call you Dean Thomas. I just call him like Jimmy Bird. I want to find out what he thinks between who would he Mr. Pick? Friendly and Mr. Roper? Mr. Let's ask him. Let's just ask him right away.
Jimmy. Hi, guys. Good to see you. What are you wearing? On, what's your shirt say? Oh, it's just Doug, Doug Bell. Bell. And it's kind of got that Run DMC thing going. Yeah. You know, the girl that works for me. Would, oh, did you say hi to Dean, by the way? What am yeah, I hi, Dean. I said hi, Jimmy. Guys. What's what up? Are your parents? <laughs> I wasn't. Well, no, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to do this today. And I just. matters. What's that? I had to switch everything, so I apologize for being late. Hey, Jimmy, for no reason whatsoever, my good friend Dean Thomas, he's asking about Three's company. I go, dude, we got fights to talk about. But listen, great show, though. If you had to pay, hey, listen, really quick, I got one question for you. And I know people go, oh, Christy, you're Janet. No. And this has nothing to do with relations. For, for a character. Sure. Do, uh, Mr. Furley or Mr. Roper? Go. Don Knotts or Norman Fell. It's not even close. What? Mr. Roper, Mr. Roper every time because all Mr. Roper wanted was to not fuck his wife. Mr. Roper was the best. Helen would always try to get some Mr. Roper dick and he would always say something mean and then smile at the camera. Mr. Yeah, Roper he would always ruled. break the fourth wall. That was yeah. my favorite part. Yeah, when he break, broke the fourth wall. He was the best. I thought I was alone on this and I liked Furley. I liked Furley, but yeah. He was a he, listen. Usually, somebody coming after it's a hard act to follow. He followed it fine. He followed it, but yeah, fucking Norman fell. No, when he would it. stop and he would break the fourth wall and just like kind of like just <laughs> laugh and goofing on his fucking hag wife, but not for nothing. Not to be a perv. I bet you his wife. But listen, what's it, Mrs. Furley? Helen Ro Helen Roper. Helen Roper. All right, listen, Chrissy, Janet. Or Helen Roper. Honestly, <laughs> I would fuck Jack and Larry before Mrs. Roper. <laughs> Mrs. Roper. Imagine the enthusiasm of Mrs. Roper. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's a get this on. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's not, that, she's not that bad. Her hair was a little fucked up, but she's not that bad. Yeah, we'll get more effed up. Yeah. yeah. Listen to me, guys, stop. <laughs> Let's just not be weird. Can we talk about some MMA action? Well, we have our guest in the room. Holy shit, Jimmy. First guest. Who? Patty Pimblett. I want to get to know him. Yeah. And so does the whole unfiltered army. Yeah. Stop calling it that, Dean Thomas. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 portable protein packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Put some pants on. You're on unfiltered. <laughs> oh, okay, Patty. That's <laughs> nice to meet you, kid. How you doing, buddy? Hello, are we Good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, fella. It's a pleasure. Everybody's excited about you finally getting in the UFC. And we think it's very, I mean, listen, you don't hear about this 
I heard you got offered a contract before and you said, ah, not yet, mate. Maybe you didn't say mate. I threw that in there. <laughs> I don't even know if you say mate. Twice I got offered a contract. So, twice? How long ago? 2016 when I was 21 and 2018 when I was 23. First of all, that's a lot of confidence in yourself because a lot of guys, when they first get that, that, that in, you know, they get invited to fight in the UFC. It's like, holy shit, I made it. It's like you knew you were heading there anyway. You just wanted to clock in some more some more uh, time in there? Oh, I've said it in multiple interviews now. It wasn't a question of if the UFC were going to sign me for me. It was when. So I, I just I just knew it was it was coming anyway. I knew if I turned it down then, that in the future, they're going to come back for me because look at me, man. Look how marketable I am. You know what I mean? I've got the look, the personality, and I can fight like fuck. Oh, my man came with the swag. Yes. The, the <laughs> risk is such a great risk, too, because like a lot of college uh, athletes will get offered, say, they go to the NFL or whatever, and the risk they take in continuing in college is an injury. So you risked almost an injury, like, but you said, no, I'm going to keep fighting, and I want to come into the UFC ready. Well, I have had injuries. That's what I mean. That's something where a roadblock did happen, and I thought, oh, I have a, have a, have a messed up here because I've had three wrist surgeries. Two on my right hand, one on my left hand. And uh, I had one just over a year ago, one just over two and a half years ago. You know what I mean? So I, I, everything was all up in the air. That's when I, I, I hit a bit of a bad spot mentally. You know what I mean? I went through a bit of depression and that. And uh, it's, it's, it was because like the wrist injuries and losing a fight uh, had something to do with that. But like one, one of my losses is literally because of my hand. You know what I mean? I had surgery three months before I fought. I should never have fought. Uh, my hand wasn't healed, but that's just a fighter in me. You know what I mean? I wasn't pulling out of a world title fight in my home city, and I had a fully clinched rear naked choke on in the first round, and now I couldn't finish it because my hand never had the strength in it. I was going to call Molly McCann and have her come and translate because I knew I wouldn't be able to understand you, but I, I can admit I can understand you a little bit. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that bad. You know what I mean? I don't need elocution lessons, lad. People can understand me. I like your look. You got that, like you're like the fifth beetle look or some shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at that hair and I'm trying to put that hair on me and now it wouldn't look good on me. It looks good on you though, Patty. That's why I'm the fifth beetle. I'm here to take over America just like they did. Good for you. Patty Best. Call you Patty Best. Now, you you uh, had said Habib, you think, was kind of, uh, you, you thought he was not the best lightweight of all time, but not the best UFC fighter. Who do you think was a better UFC fighter? Who did you put above him? Uh, John Jones. GSP, Anderson Silva, Mighty Mouse. Uh, he's not a UFC fighter like with Fedor. I'd probably have Joe's Aldo above him too. Jimmy was so, Jimmy, you're gingerly jumping. You're asking, oh, you thought um, Habib was a, a great fighter, but not one. You're gingerly tiptoeing around what the fuck he said. He well, we have said, to start. Oh, oh, that, oh, you just, oh, I know. Oh, you're of course, yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm t- we're t- having a chat. So, I mean, I see, I even got a little British here. We're having a chat. Yeah. Um, and if they had a row, I would like to know about it. Jimmy, I don't, Jimmy, I don't play just a tip. Can I get in on this? Go ahead, but I, I don't like to go balls deep immediately. I like a little tip action. I go balls <laughs> deep. But then you finish quicker. All listen, right. He, listen, enough of that shit. He called him. He called Habib. One of the greatest ever. Now, this is ballsy. This is what he called. This is ballsy. The Karen of MMA. Explain yourself, kid. Talk to us, Patty. Just don't understand how you can go on a, a, a podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson and then complain about him smoking cannabis. Like, what planet do you live on, bro? It's called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson, lad. 
And like when I got asked about it, I'm not going to shy away from a question, lad. Anyone asks me a question, I'll answer it honestly. I, I don't care what all the little fanboys have got to say about me. Someone asks me a question, lad, I'll say it. That's why some people love me, some people hate me. Me personality is polarizing, lad. Well, that might be a good answer. So, well, I didn't see the clip, uh, Patty. I, 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 I'm kind of familiar, but I didn't see the clip. Now, was Mike smoking and he asked him not to smoke, or, or did they discuss it beforehand? After the podcast, he come out and said, oh, I don't like the way Mike was smoking, and he had fast food on the podcast. It's like, lad, have you never watched this podcast before? You know what I mean? At least watch an episode before you go on it then. Yeah. It's called hot boxing. Yeah. With Mike Tyson. Boxing with Mike Tyson. And then he's saying ring girls are pointless and that. Lad, he's just, he's saying that uh, mightier than thou. Know what I mean? Ring girls, I agree with him on, though. I, I, watched, the, I watched the Jake Paul fight. Uh, not a great moment. But I hate the ring girls when they just kind of stand there behind the announcer and smile. There's no reason for it. So if he complained about ring girls, I might agree with him. You watch the Jake Paul fight. I'm disappointed in you. I don't blame you. I'm disappointed in myself, Patty. You have every right to be disgusted with me if you feel it. Because I, you're not wrong. <laughs> I heard what Patty's talking about. Habib said something like he likes, he was on another one, Cristiano, maybe a soccer player. He was on some other podcast. He goes, he was very professional. He kept it professional. He goes, uh, at Mike Tyson's uh, place, he had like smoke on the table. He probably had some weed on the table. So I don't think Tyson really gives too many Fs nowadays. It's funny. At one point, Habib, I, I seen a little like clip of it. Habib and, and um, what's his name was on it. I go, first of all, it's bad when I go like this. Henry Shahuto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only guy. I go, oh, he's the only guy shorter than me. I know. But uh, they were on it and he goes, oh, Mike, did you have this fight in like uh, in 1990? Is that when you fought something? And Mike says, like, oh, <laughs> he literally just shrugged his I have no idea. He looked at him like he was crazy. No clue. And then Abib looked back at him and he's like, oh, uh, they were discussing when he had that fight. Tyson, listen, wow, they didn't think they're going on fucking Larry King. I mean, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's Mike Tyson. <laughs> right, exactly. Not Barbara Walters. It's fucking Mike Tyson. <laughs> I don't fucking know, Patty. Listen, I, you know, I think it's also about his, you know, the whole, and it's a different, you know, I mean, he gets uncomfortable when he was sitting with his father watching the ring card girls. I think it's just a different culture when it comes to that. Yeah, it is. It's completely different. Like, I, I Never bring anything like religion up or not because it's it's just not on that I want anything to do with. You know what I mean? So he, he was just complaining about weed on a on a hot boxing thing. Like if Mike Tyson asked me to go on that podcast, I'd be passing him the blunt back. Like that simple. Patty likes to have a good time. In fairness, he might have thought hot boxing was a boxing reference. He might have oh. thought hot boxing was had something to do with the fighting. Uh, when, when you growing up, did you fight a lot? And I'm not sure what, what type of a, an area. Liverpool is a little bit tougher, I think, than people give it credit for. Like, um, what what, uh, what type of an upbringing did you have? Did you fight a lot in the street, or were you no, kind of? No, I didn't didn't have many, like no street fights, and and I was a very small kid. I've only grew over the past few years. Um, even like five years ago, when I was fighting for a featherweight, I was very small, and. Um, I had a few fights in year seven, which is first year seniors. That, that's about it. Like, there's some bad areas in Liverpool, but I'll be honest, man, it's not bad, lad. Well, where do you get this confidence from? Like, you're an extremely confident young man. Like, your confidence just just exudes and busts out the roof. And I'm trying to figure out where you get this from. It's just inside me. I, I know where I've, see, I've seen my future. I know what my destiny is. And, like, I've always said that I'm going to be a UFC world champion. I want to bring the UFC to Anfield, which is my football team stadium. I, I've always said it. Like when I was 16, when I was fighting amateur, there was a forum 
for people, uh, like on the UK MMA scene. And I was 16 years of age. I think it was five and up. And I put a post on there saying, I am the best amateur bantamweight in the country. Does anyone dispute this? And people put names in. And I just ticked them names off the list and went, nah, no amateur. And went pro when I was 17. What made now the time? Why now? Why 26? Why now? Why not a year ago? I've had a few injuries in the past two and a half years. I've had two surgeries, one on the right wrist, one on the left wrist. So um, I had to get over them and I had to obviously win, win more fights. And when I won my last fight in March, it was, it's the most, um, the best performance of my life, to be honest. I looked good everywhere, cycling, wrestling, Graham on the ground. And as I say, it's me physique now. Um, I'm a man now. And working with me SNC coach, Paul Reed, he's just, turned me into a different specimen. I'm a different kind of animal now. Like back then when I won the world title at twenty one um I, I didn't do any sort of standard conditioning. Then when I fought for a, the lightweight world title at twenty three, I didn't cut any weight at all. I was just walking around around lightweight and I noticed it when I got in the cage with my opponents and he cut seven key overnight when we got to the later rounds. And obviously I went into that fight with the fucked up hand. Now Vendramini didn't you say that you weren't familiar with him and that um you know, you didn't really know you had the coaches just kind of watch the tape. Is that normally how you approach an opponent where you don't concern yourself? You let the coaches do it? Or are you typically someone who will watch a little bit more tape on somebody? Um, no, I don't go out my way to watch tape. Like we have a, a lad in the gym, Carl, who does breakdowns for us. So I've got a 17 minute video there of Enzimini, all the things he's good at and what he's bad at, what he gets caught with, what he throws a lot. And that's gonna that's gonna pay dividends because I'm gonna have him biting at all sorts, and he's 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 not gonna like it when he gets in there. But yeah, I'd never even heard of him until this fight got put to me. He, uh, in my eyes, he's one and two because his fights outside the UFC don't mean nothing. Because when you're fighting taxi drivers and delivery boys in Brazil, that doesn't mean nothing to me. Right? Yeah, he's one and two in the UFC. Um, and now, is there an additional uh, additional pressure you're feeling now? Like uh, you know, fighting the UFC, is there any additional pressure with the new press or no? No, not at all. I've fought in my hometown in front of 10,000 people in the uh, packed out Echo Arena. I've sold that out myself. So there's not, no pressure compared to fighting in there in front of your own fans for world titles. This is going to be a walk in the park. When did you know this was your calling, Patty? When did you know? After your very first fight or when you first started training? When did you know? Um, well, when I first started training, I immediately wanted to fight. Um, I done my first competition about uh, nine months in, eight months in, which was 10 years ago the other day, 10 years ago, a few weeks ago. I'm going to put that picture up tomorrow, actually, as a little throwback. Me and my dad, while well, I've got a skinhead, getting me first place. Um, and for, obviously there, and I was composed in that tournament when I was only 15. And I, I just half knew there, but then I had my first fight when I was 16 on a week's notice against someone who was 24, who'd already had a few fights. And I just grappled, fucked them. And, I just knew from then on that this is what I was meant to do. What did you say you did to him? I grapple fucked him. Oh, you grapple fucked him? Yeah, took him down. Oh, I, I grapple fuck every day. <laughs> I still do that at 47, Patty. I give you hope. Later on, I'm going to go grapple the fuck out of some Grapple fuck a few of my black belts. I like that grapple fuck. I've grappled with one of your black belts in Henzo's, lad. Oh, what's his name? Rao. Jason Rao. Unbelievable. Jason Rao is on uh, he's world class. Hey, listen. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm letting you know right now that guy's world that he's a world class guy. And he's such a nice guy. He's full time at my school. He caught me in like a minute. I was like, 
I'm not having this. And I went at him, and because I went at him, he saw me like four or five times. And then I rolled with him a few days later when I had me my head on properly, and, and it was a lot, it was a lot tighter. But uh, I think he still caught again. He's fucking class. You know what's, you know what's crazy about that, Patty? A kid like that never has to take a punch. He doesn't now with the grappling world. Like they could just do, do those grappling matches, and yeah. back in the day, like it was always meant for combat, like for fighting. But now these kids, like Gordon Ryan, Gary, like the guys who I know, Gary Tone is going the MMA route, but like these submission grapplers, they could do that. Like that kid, Jason's phenomenal, and he's not, you know, he has no interest at all in MMA. He just likes to take people's legs off and arms off. <laughs> he got me in a few leg locks, like to be honest, them heel hooks that he's got a good. <laughs> yeah, well, listen to make you, you know, that guy is. It's not like you. You went with the best guy in the town. He's like a world-class motherfucker, yeah. you know. It's amazing with the jujitsu, the levels, you know. And how unassuming, right, Patty? Like, somebody might look at you, and you don't look weak, but they might see you in a club or something. They go, ah, look at that, look at that guy with his little, what is that, an English haircut? They might get a little silly. And they go, what's your name, buddy? And you go, Patty. And then they go, oh, that's it. <laughs> and next thing you know, they step outside, and it's the worst mistake they ever made. Luckily enough for me, in, in Liverpool, most of the city knows me, so that, that doesn't happen where I'm from, you know what I mean? So uh, I haven't really got to worry about nothing like that. Never know if we end up out on Saturday night in Vegas, that, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Patty, I'll tell you, but look at Patty, he's got to look to him. He could be on like Tiger Beat magazine. For the fucking- <laughs> Tiger Beat? You know, well, it's the kid. I remember it, but that's an old man reference. What Nobody mean, under 45 man. knows Tiger Beat. I remember Lord. Tiger Beat. Oh, yeah, I'm you're old. Not. Nobody yeah, under- is true. I'm 44. <laughs> Patty, I got a question for you, though. So the UFC seems to always have a European star. Obviously, Conor McGregor was that star for the longest time, but he's kind of fell off now. Michael Bisbang had his share of it as well. Do you think you're the next European star? I don't think I know. It's, it's me. There was. Brock Lesnar, there was Ronda Rousey, there was Conor McGregor, now there's Paddy the Baddy. Simple as. Paddy the Baddy has arrived! Man, I like this kid. I want an autograph. Hey, this is one of those where you talk as, you fight as well as you talk. Fucking superstar! Well, this, Luigi's gonna find out that I fight as good as I talk. A lot of people think I am just talk, but I'm I'm gonna hurt him on on Saturday night. If I don't get the first round finish, I'll be very disappointed. I need to speak to Dana Land. I need to say to him, what's going on here? Can we bump these bonuses up to 75G? Because like, when I transfer it back over to English, it's not 50 grand, lad. Right, because you go back to pounds. You go to pounds and you lose a little bit. I lose a bit. So like, I, I need these these raising. That's a very good point. When you, hey, things go right on Saturday night, you're going to have a mic right in your face. and Yeah. Hey, you know. Instagram are getting called out, lad. My real, my Instagram account's being disabled for bullying and harassment. Oh, yeah. What happened with that? I'm the one who gets bullied and harassed, and I just give it back to trolls and put them in their place, and they've disabled me account with 158,000 followers. Oh, that's not cool. What, what was the what was the uh, message you sent that they disabled? You told you, Someone said something and you responded? Yeah, someone said something to me and I responded, and he, he even said to me in the DMs, um, put this on your story then. So I did. I put it on my story, and then he's reported it. And I've been. And the the, the the last thing where I got it for was for calling someone who supports a football team in Manchester. He supports Manchester City. He's from Bristol in Wales. I called him a glory hunter. 
And that's why my Instagram's been disabled. Jimmy's a glory hole hunter. Who is it? <laughs> Sorry, I just. Yeah. And if I can't find one, I bring my own drill. Now, here's why would they disable you? Isn't that isn't that the worst part? Like a guy who would never have the balls to say that to your face uh, says something to you in a DM and then reports you. So you get in trouble. Isn't that just kind of everything that's wrong with people? Every time I put people on my story, it's in retaliation. Know what I mean? It's where they've put something about me, so I put it back. I'm one of them. You say something about me, I'll say something about you. Know what I mean? So that and they've took my account down. They said I've had uh, multiple warnings, but every single time it's trolls attacking me. So I won't be calling no fighters out to be post fight interview. I'll be calling Instagram out. <laughs> Dude, I'm yeah. with you, Patty the Batty. Yeah. You know who? It's, you know it's okay to bully the bullies. That's okay. Yeah, we don't bully the innocent people. You know, once in a while, I'll throw Dean Thomas in the headlock, but you don't bully <laughs> Dean Thomas. I'm fucking around. No, but listen, you gotta, these guys who think they can just poke at a bear, they're gonna get fucking swiped. Exactly. And that's my livelihood, man. My Instagram's where I earn money off sponsors and I promote me fights and they've took it away from me. I've had to make a new Instagram. Luckily enough, I'm up to 30,000 on that, but it's not 158K and all the memories that I've lost. Like, I've got his worth of photos and videos on there of my life and They've took it away from me because they're letting trolls win. Now, what is the Instagram? What's the uh, what's your new Instagram account? Uh, Paddy the Paddy UFC. Just had to add the UFC on the end of it. Now, have you stopped going back at the trolls? Because sometimes it's not worth it. Yeah, not worth it. No, know what I mean. I just want my Instagram back, and I'm just going to start restricting people's comments and blocking people. The most annoying thing is I help people on my Instagram. I'm always sharing charity stuff, helping sick kids. I'm a big advocate for mental health. And when people message me saying, oh, I feel down, I feel this and that, I always speak to people back in the DMs. A few days later, I've had messages off people like three days after I spoke to them saying, oh, lad, if it wasn't for you messaging me there, I would have tried to kill myself. And then Instagram have took that platform away from me where I'm helping people. Yeah, so definitely don't, uh, it's hard not to, I mean, we get them too, but it's hard not to go back at the trolls, but it's not worth it. And the worst thing you can do to them is to starve them by giving them nothing. Yeah, that's that's what I've come to the conclusion the last few days, man. Well, about two or three weeks ago, I put a, Twitter, a post up on my Twitter saying I'm not responding to any more negativity. And I haven't since, and I'm not going to. And that's what's annoyed me even more with Instagram. If they give me my account back, I won't be responding to them anyway, but they're just being idiots and not giving me account me, me account back. I think we've all done it before. Like as far as answer something somebody back and sure. these times I'm in a bad mood or something, I see somebody take a shot at me and I I, I get back the DM. And next thing you know, they're just so happy that you're that they win. They win the yeah. second you answer them. So it is they give you once you erase it, especially with a memory memory like mine, I'll forget it. But if I answer it on the spot, the best is just to fucking delete it and not even look at that shit. Negativity is like a cancer. I yeah. blocked Dean Thomas's number ages ago. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, listen, but the negativity, you gotta cut out of your life. I mean, I'm not even on fucking Twitter. I'm not even on that fucking shit. I've only been responding to the like positive messages off people now because I'm I'm sick of it. You know what I mean? It's just I end up sitting there just on my phone fuming and me, me fiance, me family, me, me friends and me you know, people in the gym are like, lad, are you just on your phone like that, lad? Fucking put your phone down, talk to us. And I, and I am bad for it, so I've had to stop it now and just, just respond to the positivity. It's like yelling at the TV. It, 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 it's addicting. It's very hard not to do. You said um, mental health is kind of an important, something you, you're a big advocate of. Is there a reason for that? Is like that, that that's something you focused on? Have you had issues or is it just something that you care about? 
after I had my surgery and lost the fight, literally lost the fight because of my hand in front of my hometown. I'd sold the arena out. Um, I was fighting for a world title. I had a fully locked up, rear naked choke. Somehow he never went asleep. But uh, it was literally, if, I, if my hand wasn't fucked, I would have been squeezing much tighter. You know what I mean? And that basically lost me the fight. Uh, I ended up going full five rounds, broke my hand again in the second round uh, as soon as I hit him with a punch. And after that fight, I was just in a, in a bad way. You know what I mean? I was... I was proper down in the dumps. Uh, my fiance had leave, had leave for uh, work in the morning, and usually I just roll over and go back asleep. Where after that fight, I was just lying in bed crying my eyes out. Every morning I'd wake up and I'd cry, and I I thought about the worst things. I thought about obviously ending it and stuff like that. But as soon as I started speaking to people and got it off my chest, it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And if it wasn't for my fiance, my family my gym family, my mates by ours, I, I don't know where I'd be now. So whenever anyone messages me on Instagram or Twitter saying that they feel like that, I, I, I'm i always there. I'm always there to speak to someone. And I always put messages up saying anyone, anyone ever feels like they don't want to be here, message me, I'll speak to you. You know, you mate, speak to your mates. Your mates would rather speak to you about your problems than go to your funeral next week. I'm very impressed at how open you are and honest and that reason alone, you're already a good talker with the fighting. I like how honest you are, because a lot of people feel like this, and they're either too proud or they feel it makes them look weak, but you're very honest, and you're going to reach a lot of people with that, Patty. That, that's, I'll tell you. I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like Some people think that what I do on, when I'm talking to people is a persona. I'm no Colby Covington, lad. I'm, this isn't WWE. I'm, I'm Paddy the Baddy. I'm Paddy Pimley from Iton, know what I mean, from Liverpool. This, I wear my heart on my sleeve. What you see is what you get. I don't say not cameras. Everything that you see and hear from me is me. Like, when the cameras are off behind closed doors, this is what I'm like. I, I don't put on a show for no one. I'm just me. Well, Patty, look, it's been... Uh, I'm really looking forward to this fight. And I look, you look like you're the opening fight on the main card of uh, Till Brunson, uh, September the 4th on Saturday so we'll definitely talk to you again and, and keep doing what you're doing. And, and uh, again, it's really good to hear you open up and, and be so honest. And uh, you're a really uh, great fighter, too. So I uh, look forward to this. Thank you very much, man. I can't wait. I'm going to steal the show. I'm going to be the one everyone's talking about. And I am going to take that bonus home. That simple. I am so impressed with this kid. Yeah. Not he's sharp. Yeah. He's sharp. He, I mean... Quick-witted, very honest, and that's the biggest thing I can say right there. Very, yeah. that was honesty. That sure. was yeah. That was, some people would be very afraid to say exactly what he said, but you could tell it wasn't manufactured. That right. was how that kid was feeling, and he's just being very open about it. I like that kid a lot. Yeah, I hope too. he does well because he could be a he could be a real superstar. Yeah, kid. yeah. I mean, he's got all he's got all the ingredients for stardom, and like you said, if he can just fight. If he has a good showing this weekend, then obviously I think he's going to rise up and uh, he's gonna, definitely going to make a name for himself. Yeah, he's 16-3, and three, uh, but he said that uh, you don't count anything before the UFC, uh, which is funny, but he's obviously a, an experienced fighter. So yeah, Sometimes when you watch somebody who you haven't seen fight in the UFC, just talking to them makes you root for them or against them. I mean, sometimes you have nothing to go on because you, you haven't watched them fight in the UFC. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope he does well. Uh, even if he loses, I hope it's a good fight. I still I hope he has a good showing. Why does Dean Thomas 
have a, for the last 10 minutes, I've seen a, a shit-eating grin on his face. Dean Thomas, what do you have in your back pocket? What are you going to come at me with? Look at you. No, I ain't got nothing to come at you with. I just, I'm telling you, just something about you, man, like your face just makes me laugh. Like, whenever time I see you, you just make me laugh. Dean, can I sell you? I'm going to tell, tell Jimmy, because God knows he hasn't watched. The latest episode is up to a million views. Yes, it is. Looking for a fight. The Dana White looking. The return of Houston. Okay. Yes, I liked it. And can I say the star of the show? You're looking at him. Not me. Look at the look at look upper Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas. Yes. Stole the show. I know. You understand? Yep. Uh, you don't know. I'm t- Jimmy. I do I'm know. I saw it. It was great. Name something that happened. Why would I give it away? Let people watch it. Dean Thomas shines. <laughs> Dean shines. It's great. Yeah, t- Jim, t- tell me, what, what did I do? Dude, come on. You, you know what you did? If everything you did was so good. Um, but I don't want to give it away. And, and, and it was in Houston. Really cool. Um, I, I just don't want to give it away. I mean, Patty the Batty is so honest and you're so fucking dishonest. No. This is the thing. I want the world to know. Dean was a rodeo clown. They have to watch this episode. I know. I don't but want then to say after that. that, after he comes through and almost gets kicked in the face, this is why people are like, Matt, were you really afraid for him? Why were you yelling so much? Because I might have got a little concerned for the guy. I don't want to go to his head. Anthony's <laughs> like, wow, you really care about it. I go, don't, don't let this get to you. <laughs> don't, don't make this, don't make things get weird. Don't. So, I mean, what do you want me to say? Yeah, kill him. No, dude, you had a fucking bull. And I, you know what's fucking sick about this? The producer Rory's probably like, <laughs> get him, get him, ratings. But no, <laughs> fucking sorry. I do that shit came close. Dean Thomas is, he likes to what we call earn his money. So instead of just staying safely away, he gets, all right, these guys rolled a bowl. I got to kind of be in, I got to, I got to earn this shit. And he got a little too close to this fucking bowl. And personally, I think that bowl's racist. It was, it was a little racist. Oh, racist. Bowl. A little racist. So he was right at the Dean the most. Listen, so it missed Dean by inches. I'm through the tail hit you. That's yeah. how close it was. How scary is that in person? When, like, when that thing is sized is right in front of you, how frightening is that? I mean, it was really scary, man. I thought I was going to get away and, like, be far enough away from it. But I felt its hoof go right past my nose. Ooh. I mean, I could really, like, feel it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, an inch... That, that's that's facial yeah surgery that's that could be death <laughs> dude isn't it crazy that there's a real wild animal trying to hurt you in that moment like there's no barrier between you and that thing it's an animal trying to hurt you i know i mean i, I don't know i don't know what i was thinking when i did it but like when i look back in hindsight i'm like man i'm so stupid what am i doing yeah that's uh yeah that's what i felt about actually riding that motherfucker but even Dave, that's why people gotta give data yeah, a lot of fucking credit because Dana rode on that bull too, dude. And he did that shit. He did that shit around my age now. He did that right when he's like forty-seven. So it's like fuck. I'm not getting back on that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Yeah, that he was on his killed. ribs. So after the show, after Dean did that, you you go to a clip of Dana going, "Dean's the best. Dean does everything." And then you go through all the fucking shit. See, I think of the show. I think of all the positive things. I did. I think of Dean drinking the fucking snake fucking tequila, drinking the fucking hot thing, eating the hot dogs. You did all the fear factor shit when I think about it. I know, man. You know, and you know why? Because you wouldn't do any of it. You was like, they'd be like, Matt, do this. You'd be like, hell no. I'd be like, uh. When it comes to eating stuff, I get weird. Don't be Wait, hot wrong. dogs? You wouldn't eat hot dogs? 
I'm no, these are the no, I'm not eating a hot dog. I'm gonna, so I, I mean, I would do it to throw. I earn my stripes. Yeah. I did the, I earned my fucking stripes. Don't put me a hot lights on me, Jimmy. But wait, no, 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 wait. Was it a hot dog? A regular hot dog? No. no. So I I did a hot oh. dog eating contest, and then I had oh. the hot wings. Sounds like a oh. pussy. Yeah. It's a red snapper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the hot dog eating contest. By the way, every hot dog you eat, they said you lose thirty five minutes of your life. I know. I'm I'm looking at death any any Come day on. now. Any moment. Um, how many did you eat? I didn't. You know what? I thought I was going to eat a lot more. I didn't even eat that many. I had like maybe five. <laughs> they, Jimmy, they wanted me to do it. And I'm like, okay. And then I go to the producer. Like, look, I got a funny bit. Dude, it's the worst bit ever. I had them bring me like a little pizza. So when all we're on the stage, everybody pulled it off. I go, look, I really got a pizza. And then it's not funny, but I ate the little pizza. I ate the shit out of that pizza. And these guys are throwing, he's throwing up. <laughs> oh, you should have glued three of the hot dogs together and sat on them. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been a great fucking. <laughs> you just want to sit on a hot dog, Jimmy. Listen, listen. Hey, you know what, Jimmy? <laughs> Always speaking <for> <laughs> Jimmy, sorry, yes, excuse sir. me. One yes, day I'll find my court. <laughs> Listen, this is the thing. I feel horrible. You should feel horrible. You should. Right. You brought up the goddamn Tyron Woodley fight the other day, and I wanted to talk about uh, Giga fucking. Uh, oh, Jacey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. We, I don't even think we we got so we were talking to Michael uh, J White. Yeah, oh, really? For an hour, he was great. Is it Jay or Jai? We both say it differently. I think it's Jai. I think Michael J White. He was great. Talk for an hour. Amazing. No kidding. I heard he could really fight too, man. Wait, wait, hold on. Dean yes. Thomas, see if you're picking this up. Michael what? Jai. Michael what? Say. White. Jai White. Jai? Jay? Jai. Jay. Let's call. Them. Forget it, Dean Thomas. <laughs> Dean Thomas, we were once here. Wait, it's Michael J. Jai? Jay. Jai? Let's call the. <laughs> All right, we're back. I'm sorry, Jimmy. We can cut that out of the episode. <laughs> no, no, you have to leave. I miss Dean Thomas. Um, by the way, does Dana know that the last episode got a fucking million views? I'm sure he knows. I'm sure Eric told him. I'm, sure. I'll text Eric to remind him. Please let him know that the, the, that show has got fucking legs. <laughs> it's got legs. It's in a week, a million views. I know. You should put that show on that's, HBO no, Max. You guys chime in and don't just fucking look at me. No, like a bird I agree with you. He's HBO got a, Max. In one week, one million views. Thank you, Dean. Legs. Hold on, I'm looking at I'm looking at Jimmy. That should be on HBO Max. Thanks, like, Jimmy. Literally, it probably could be, but maybe Dana likes to keep it online for whatever reason. I mean, I'm sure that that show could be on uh, ESPN or, or, or HBO Max or something like that. I think it could be a lot of places, but I think when you get like other... If you get like an, I know, like if you get like an alliance with something, they got kind of a say. So no, if it's like Dana White looking for a fight, no one's gonna tell Dana to be in a scene. <laughs> you know, Dana does what the fuck he wants. So that's a, that's a good thing about it. People so, yeah. know what it shows. It shows that if Dana wants to chill and just put me and Dean Thomas on some fucking missions like Bosley from Charlie's Angels, yes, uh, he could do that. He could sit back, jump in at the fights, do what he wants to do, and then fucking um. You know, well, Dane is out of his mind. He's worth a billion dollars and he's getting on a bolt. Like if I, I would, if I had Dana's life, I would do nothing but sit in a comfortable chair. I wouldn't do any of the shit that he does. None of the physical dangerous stuff, but I guess you get bored doing nothing. I don't know. I pay a motherfucker to have fun for me. 
Well, we've been informed. Um, uh, Antonio came on. He was nude on video, and he told us that Dean is leaving in 10 minutes. So, Darren Till, before we get him, Dean, we wanted you to plug your stuff if you're going to jump off, so at least you get your plugs in. Well, uh, my plug is to watch Dana White looking for a fight, the last episode, so we can get 2 million views. I love that. And I just shot another episode of the Dean Diaries with none other than Robbie Lawler, and that's going to be out right before his fight. So, Y'all definitely got to check that out because that is magic. When is that? When is this fight coming? His fight's on the 25th of September. That's so great. Yeah, Yeah, Nick Diaz. So in in the next two, three weeks, that episode will be coming out. So make sure y'all check that. Dean Thomas, please come back, dude. Yeah. Anytime, dude. We need you on here more often. Yeah, we love you. I know, man. And I say it every time, but this time I'm for real. I'm going to come back again soon. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. All right, y'all. Without facial hair, you look great. Me, I look better with the facial hair. Yeah, I agree. We'll discuss that. That's something we'll discuss on the next show with us. All right, y'all. Y'all be cool, man. Tell Darren I said peace. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Does that look like the face that wants to do an interview right now? No. <laughs> Darren, Darren, I'm with you, bro. Bro, I'm with you, man. <laughs> Good to see you, Dante. Hello, how are you, Matt? It's good to see you, mate. It's been it's been too long. <laughs> yeah, but listen, all I know is it might as well be a fucking hospital bed. I don't when I'm cutting weight, I was a I'm a happy guy now because I'm a fucking fat retired guy. But when I was because I'm eating lasagna now. But when I was cutting weight, if I had to get these two fucking knuckleheads coming in, hey, Darren, I'd want to reach through and smack the fuck out of us <laughs> and get a cannoli. How you feeling? Yeah. No, I feel good, man. I just, uh, I've just done a rundown to the strip and back, so uh, it was quite tough in this heat as well. So uh, I'm just feeling a little bit tired. How far of a run is that? So where we are, so to jog to the Venetian, that's where I got. It's 60 minutes, about five miles, six miles. So it's a solid run. Oh, wow. You're way off the strip. Okay. You're still in, you're still living in England, no? No, we're, we're in Vegas. No, no, I'm sorry. You're living in England, though. Yeah, I live in England, yes. How do you like it when you're coming out of here? You're, you're not used to jogging in the sunshine too much. No, I'm used to it. I, I've, I've, lived, I've lived in hot places. Like, I used to jog out every day, every morning in Brazil when I lived there. So, uh, I, to be honest, I like I like training and the heat. I like the uh, sensation you get from it, like the sweat and like the just, you know, just like when you when I'm jogging out there on the strip and I just know how hard it is. That just makes it a little bit mentally more better for me. It, that makes sense. Uh, back home, 
It gets a little gloomy. How do you keep the yeah. motivation when you go out? When I'm out, like right now, I'm looking out. It's in New York, but it's a gloomy as fuck out. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm always like, caffeined up and out of my mind. But, <laughs> you know, when the sun's out and the birds are chirping, it gets you a little bit more. Yeah, I'd say I'd say England is that. Because Liverpool and like, places like London and Manchester are beautiful places. But the, the only thing that makes it a little bit worse is just that it is more gloom and doom than like sunshine. So... But we've had good weather this year, so I'm not complaining. And when we get good weather in Liverpool on the on the on, on like the, the riverfront, it's it's lovely, it's beautiful, it is beautiful. So, uh, you know, it's like, I would never leave Liverpool. I love Liverpool as a city. I, I think it's amazing. So you'll leave to fight or to go to a training camp, but you actually want to stay there. You don't. You have no desire to actually leave there full time. No, I, I mean I'll travel the world. I'll go to America and do my training camps and stuff. But I, I do love Liverpool as a city. It's a it is a special city. How long can you be away before you start to go like, fuck, man, I miss being home? Like, just for, is there a length of time where you start to tap out and you go, I got to get home? No, never. I don't, doesn't, doesn't matter to me. If, if I'm somewhere and I've got a job to do, then the job needs to be done, doesn't it? This is not one of these things like, oh, I'm away from the kids for four weeks. I'll shut the fuck up. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that is hysterical, man. I'm away for two weeks for my kids. And I'm like a little bitch. I'm like, yeah, y'all fucking tear. I've been away from my daughter in Brazil for like nearly two years now because of COVID. So, you know, it is what it is, mate. And it's tough. It's tough talking on the FaceTime as well because she's got, because she's a child, she's got such a small attention span. So, like, we don't get much, like, it's hard. Wait, where is your daughter? She's in Brazil. Oh, you did say Brazil. Okay. Um, is, it, is, it, is there a travel ban going in there? I know that they yeah. had a real tough time there. <laughs> Brazilians don't give a fuck, man. They're on the red zone. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. So you haven't been able to get in? No, no, no. Even for family stuff, they don't, they don't allow, like if you have a negative test and you have a family there? I mean, I wouldn't know how to go about that. Maybe there's some uh, like registration or something I'd have to do, but... If I could look into it, but I'm I'm sure that maybe this is all coming to the end. Maybe the next few months I'll be able to go. Hopefully. When you did live there, how long did you live in Brazil for? Four years. Oh, that's a oh, lot okay. of acai. That's yeah. a good time. Listen, like if I could live anywhere else in the world, it would probably be Brazil. Back to the same place I lived. It's just unbelievable. Like the life out there, man. Just training acai. Good. For, like the food's so good for so cheap. Like it's amazing. What part of Brazil? I was in the south. I was in a place called uh, Balneário Camboriú, and a uh, special place, like truly special. Do you speak Portuguese? I speak Portuguese, yeah. Yeah, I never learned it. I, I've gone. I went on a couple of trips with friends, like we stayed for a week in uh, in Rio. But uh, yeah, I the I wish I spoke because uh, the women there are so amazing. But I just I couldn't speak a word of Portuguese. Jimmy learned a couple of things, Darren. Like he learned, like obrigado, like thank you, and yes. also, what would you, also yes. how much, how, how much? many reals? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like quanto obrigado? Like they don't say obrigado. Obrigado is like a tourist thing. Like you would just say obrigado. Like I learned to, I learned to speak how Brazilians speak. I wanted to learn the slang. I wanted to speak so Brazilian that a Brazilian couldn't understand. I was like from out of, out of another country, like. Like I've, I'm the, like I had to learn that language, man. I'm the type of guy like I if if I have to do something, I'll do it. Like I'm put me in the jungle, man, and I, you know I'm coming out there the king. That's the type of <laughs> mentality I've got. What brought you to Brazil? Did you go just to train, or was it the girl you met, or what made you go to Brazil for four years? Oh, I ain't going to Brazil for no girls, mate. Let's get that straight right now. <laughs> uh, 
No, I had I had a few good to confusion in my hometown. You know, like I was I was a troubled kid. You know, I was a bit of a menace, a bit of a, a mad mad kid, and and I, I got stabbed a few times. And uh, you know, I had a, a few run-ins with the law as well and stuff like that. And my coach just come to me and he was like, "Listen, you know, you're on a you're on a very strange path here right now. You're hanging around with all the wrong types of people." Uh, you know, what do you want? And I said, I want to be a champion. He said, well, do you trust me? And I was like, I trust you, yeah. I, like, I trust you with all my heart and my soul. And he was like, okay, I want you to get on a flight and go to Brazil. And when I tell you to come back, that's when you come back. Wow. So he called you four years later? <laughs> Did he give a call four years later? It's okay now. Come back. Yeah. He called me four years later. Right, come on. Come on home now. <laughs> wait, wait, you're still there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there you right. What happened? So wait, so Darren, you were uh, you, you hanging out, so you could fight, and did being having fighting ability put you even in a more dangerous situation because you didn't back out of situations that a normal guy might have backed out of? No, I, I wasn't like that guy on the streets. Oh, we can fight, you know, let's stay away from it. Liverpool is a place like anywhere else. Liverpool is a dangerous place. You know, people carry weapons and stuff, and, you know, it depends the crowd you're hanging around with and what you were up to, you know, what I was doing and stuff, and... And it was just one of them things, like, I, I was just a bit of a, a menace. Like, you know, I, I was always up, up for whatever came. And I just always found myself in sticky spots and sticky situations. And, uh, listen, at the end of the day, I was fighting and I had a goal, but I had to make money at the same time, do you know what I mean? Like, money doesn't grow in trees and I had no financial support from anywhere else. So, you know, a man's got to do what a man's got to do to feed himself. And I believe that if you're not, if you're not out there, you know, Killing people, you know, hating people and stuff like that. A man, man's got to eat. Hey, man, you're going to eat this weekend. It's time to eat. Time to fucking eat, Darren. Friday. Friday and Saturday. So Friday I'll be eating and then Saturday I'll be eating for real. <laughs> what are you expecting out of Brunson? Brunson, I think he's on a four-fight win streak. I mean, he's looked really good. Um, I think a couple of guys made the mistake of looking past Brunson, which is a terrible yeah, mistake. I don't walk past. Listen, I... Every every fight camp, I feel like I evolve and get stronger and better. And uh, I'm not just saying this because I I hate when fighters do this when they say it's been the best fight camp ever. But listen, I, I've had a lot of injuries this fight camp as as all the other like I'm getting quite renowned for my injuries now. But it's only because of how hard I train. But putting my injuries aside, this fight camp, man, I've I've been hitting so extremely strong and so I'm just so quick and fast on my feet, and I just feel like if I come in there against 38 year old Derek Brunson. He's not going to be able to do the things he's doing with these other guys. Like, without no disrespect, I'm not Kevin Holland and I'm not Shabazzan. Like, I'm a hard-hitting, fast-fucking-hitting motherfucker. And I'm going in there with so much intent and violence in my heart. And I'm just going to be so ferocious and vicious. And, uh, you know, I'm expecting what he's expecting. But I don't quite, I don't think he's going to expect what I'm bringing. Like, I'm going to hit him and he's going to feel it. And he's going to want to be out of there. Yeah, this is, obviously this is an incredible fight. Uh, you both have the ability to put somebody out with one shot. Uh, you know, Brunson hits like a truck as well. And uh, yeah, the fact that he went the distance with uh, Holland and, 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 and Heinish, he does have good win. You know, he's 38, but he definitely has good cardio and he can definitely go five if he has to. Oh, 100%. Like, I'm not counting, the, like Derek, man, like four fight wins against good names. He's got the cardio. He's got his training in order. He's a good guy. He knows what he wants. Like, he, he's a guy who knows who he is and knows what he wants. Uh, and 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 so I'm going in there, man. Like this is a this is a top contender fight for me. You know, he's a he's on a four fight win streak in a tough division. Great fucking! It's a great main event, man. It really yeah, it is because you are. 
he's he's look, he might have like a fucking decade on you, but this is the the best Brunson we've seen. So you know, it'll 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 take the best Aaron Till. This is it this will. is exciting, and it's not so easy to put him down, Jimmy. You don't think Darren Till knows how to sprawl? You ever see his fucking hips? Jimmy didn't say I, I'm just don't I didn't say Darren Till couldn't sprawl. Don't don't put me and Darren in. He's <laughs> firing <Okay>. up Darren. <laughs> but I'm just thinking, I know Derek's gotta be thinking, all right, I don't wanna catch those fucking those fucking meat hooks. He might want to try to put you down. I think he's gonna try. I think that's gonna be his goal. Like uh, get close, go like try for a uh, like a single leg body lock, stuff like that. He does that well. Uh you know, he's a he's a strong guy as well. Uh, Listen, a fight's a fight, and you know, Matt, you know, me being a big fan of you and all, like, you know how it is, this fight game, is, and you can lose in any way, which and whatever way. Like, look at the Whitaker fight, you know, we were so close, and then one takedown switches it up, like, and I'll give Whitaker his props on that fight. He wanted it a little bit more than me in that fight. Like, I didn't let my foot off the gas, like, off the brake. Like, I was a little bit too cautious and just a little bit more work rate for me, and I know I take that fight. Now, if I think of that, in my opinion, him and him and Adesanya, you know, they're the two best. So that makes me the like the third or the first because I know I'm the best. So the two, the the top three middleweights right now are me, Adesanya, and Whitaker. And I'm I'm sorry to come out to say that, but I've had two fights at middleweights and I fought two absolute killers and I beat one and I've lost a close decision to one, like literally on a takedown. Like you know, listen, and and I know where I am in the sport. I know and I know what I bring. Hey man, you could gain. I'm just saying, Jimmy, you could gain fight IQ through studying and. And and you know putting time in in the gym, but you really the that's what they say about the vets. That's why TRT is illegal because it brought them back to the guys with the most the guy they gained the most fight knowledge and IQ, and it brought them down to competing at like an, a younger age. So like you're getting all that knowledge like that. Going those fucking five rounds with a guy like Whitaker, like what you said right there is, you know that knowledge you gained from that is fucking of course, one hundred percent. Was there a reason you kept your foot on the brake a little bit? And were you aware of it when it was happening? Or is it something that you realized after the fight and look back on? I think I was a little bit of aware of it in the fight. Like, I'm one of these guys. I, I fight with a high, high IQ. Like, you'll never see me in a fight wasting shots. Like, I'm not out there throwing front kicks and fresh air. Like, I see guys doing that and I'm like, you're wasting energy there. Like, if I'm hitting you, it's because I've calculated the hit and I know the hit's going to land. You know, that's how, that's how I, I fight. And I was aware of it a little bit when I was fighting. But then when I look back on the fight, I'm like, Wow, so you know, you miss you, you've got him fighting and overstretching so much. You miss so many opportunities. Just hit him with a three three punch combo there and lead with a, a knee and a kick and an elbow, you know. But these are stuff I learn. Like Whitaker's what 30, 29, I'm 28. Like I'm learning with the best. I believe I am one of the best, and I believe in the future. Anyone can say what they want. I believe I will be the best in the future. Like I, listen, I want I want to die and I want people to still say my name. I want it to be like, you know, that type of effect. And I'm a man who wakes up with purpose. You know, every day I wake up with a purpose in life, and uh, I'm, I've got a purpose. I, I, I'm living for purpose. Well, Darren, look, uh, you're you're a really fun fighter to watch. Uh, just as a fan, I, I love watching you fight, and this is a great main event. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if you win. Uh, what do you think you need to do to get a shot uh, at Adesanya? Nothing. I, I'm the way Darren. What Darren Tills brings, apart from in the middleweight division, is he? I'm I'm the second star guy, so. One one fight away from a touch up, but I'm not rushing it. Listen, right? Him and Whitaker are booked, so maybe Kanania can get it after this fight when I beat Derek Sapi. So, uh, you know, I'm always one fight away from a title shot, but I don't need to rush. I'm happy and I'm content with myself. And as I say, I'm young. I like that that interview after one of your wins. I forgot exactly what you said, but it's I remember it just sticks out in my head. 
they'll all fucking get it. I don't fucking care. And something like that. <laughs> they'll all get it. I can't do it. What'd you say? Yo, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, Sappy. What, what you, they'll all fucking get it? They could all fucking get it. What'd you say? They're all fucking getting it. I don't care. Anyone and anyone, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> look, look, look at that shit. Dude, the nipples are hard. Darren, <laughs> we're watching this weekend. I can't fucking wait. We're happy you're back, bro. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate for having me on. Thank you, boys. All right, we'll talk to you soon, man. Take care, brother. Thank you. You got to let everybody know that thing starts at 4 p.m. On oh, Easter. right. Yes, yes. Because I'll tell you right now, dude, that fucking, they'll all fucking get it. I can't do an English accent. Not me neither. But all I know is I like, what's with me and the English people? I really, I like, these these guys are two straight shooters. Yeah. Yep. And what about Patty? That dude won me over. Yeah, he was great. Holy shit, man. First of all, the haircut alone goes, oh, what's going on with this guy? That's very Liverpool, yeah. Very Liverpool. 1960s Liverpool. Now, Matt, you wanted to discuss uh, Barboza Chikese, which was a great, great fight. Chikese is just, I mean, again, you you took him. I took Barboza. Uh, or we know we both took Barboza. We both, uh, you know what it was? I thought Barboza, kind of like he did with the Felder fight, like he was mixing in some takedowns. And Paul was not an easy guy to take down. He's not, a, but he would mix. And I thought, and I think Paul got that decision. But I remember thinking Edson might have got it when they fought in Abu Dhabi or whatever. Uh, but I thought that might have been more of the gameplay, but he wasn't handing in the takedowns. I'm not saying that's the reason, but let's give it to Giga, man. Oh, amazing. He looks great. He looked great. You got to be happy for him. So I remember we got to so much in that last episode. I was thinking, I'm like, did we even discuss that? Because that guy needs, I feel bad because a lot happened that weekend. Right. This guy might not be having the props he deserves. He took out Edson Barboza. Yeah, he did. And uh, Giga... I mean, I mean, you know, he might be the next big thing there. You know, I mean, he really came through. Yeah. You know, that was a big test and he came through with flying colors. Yeah. Yeah, he did. You're absolutely right. So what else we got, Jim? Oh, never call that again. Why? I don't like calling you Jim. I don't mind it. Eh, you're my little Jimmy. Um, Brunson against a very, very. Uh, it's a great fight. Again, even though he's got Derek by a few years. I don't know, man. I'm bad with this. I know. I'm going to take Brunson's on a four fight win streak. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I may have to go with Derek just because on by a decision because he has his cardio has been so good and he has been uh, so uh, so difficult to beat lately. And again, he has gone through through four four really really good fighters. He's beaten. He has a way. Derek Brunson has a way of figuring figuring out guys' game plans and, and and shocking people. Having said that, after talking to Darren right there, I feel he did his homework. I think so too. Sure. And I think he's going to win a decision. Okay, you're going to go till decision. I'll take Brunson. I think Brunson figures out a way. Again, this is where these guys who are in their late 30s have seen everything. Um, and, and you're right. Figure out quickly what it is that you're doing and just figure out a way to, to do something a little bit better. So, yeah, I'll take Brunson by decision as well. Oh, by the way, you know, last night on the contender series, a lot of good fights, dude. Really good fights. And uh, <laughs> five contracts awarded. Amazing. Including one to a losing fighter. So read off the names really quick. You can do it quicker than me. Uh, Merzikhanov and Brito. Um, 
uh, Altamirano and Fletcher, and uh, Candelario was the losing fighter. I think that's the first time that they've done that. I like uh, it though. Do you see what? Yeah, I do too. Said? I do too. And it's like I think it was the right thing. It was the right thing to do. I felt that kid won. I feel like that kid won. He's talking about Candelario. Yeah. Uh, he won. So I gave them both a shot. That's a man. Look at that. I like that too. I mean, it's like and and Matt. Before we go, just when you look at the. Uh, the uh the card hold on there was a fight that i had wanted to touch on real quick um tercios against uh uh hey that was a what an incredible fight that was uh the third uh, fourth fight on the main card uh that and rodriguez uh, beating uh kevin lee that was a great great call we talked a little bit about it. i know you talked about mershart but what a great card that was so sabatini uh who, who would he go versus with the leg lock? Uh, Jamal Emmers, and he, he won by heel hook. And it's funny because uh, Emmers was, it was about, listen, I know what I don't like, Jimmy, as a jiu-jitsu man, a foot fest. Like, you know what I mean? I get in 50-50, I get the fuck out. That means when both are like, I don't play. I'm just not, unless you live on those legs and you're confident with escaping and getting your own leg lock. Uh, it, somebody once said 50-50, I don't like those odds. Yeah, me neither. Fuck that. I'm not fucking with it. I'll get out. So, Emmers chose to stay in there and go for a toehold because he felt he had a good grip on it. It looked, even with the gloves, could be a little bit of a different grip with those things. So he looks like he was getting a decent grip on it. But it wasn't, when you get that toehold, it's got to be, when you turn it, those toes are going the opposite direction, totally opposite, and that, chin, that heel should be right below your chin. So you see he was trying to get a good grip on it, but he stayed in there too long, and who knows the damage got done to his leg. So uh, with those leg locks, if you feel, hey, man, I might have his leg, and he's going for yours. Might is not good enough. Get the hell out. Yeah. Okay. But good job, Sabatini. Sabatini, Sabatini. Anyway, that's a, that's for another thing. Jimmy. Yes, sir. What do you want to plug, brother? Just um, new uh, chip merchandise up. The Halloween stuff is now available. Um, very scary shirts at chipjefferson.com. Get yourself a cameo on the website, not the app. And I'm going to be performing... Uh, coming up next week, I have two shows in Chicago. I have Detroit. I have Buffalo, Philadelphia, New York coming up, as well as Boston and Connecticut. I got a bunch of dates in the next four months. Fuck, Jimmy. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Um, Matt Sarah BJJ on Instagram. I'm on Cameo. I do little birthday things and say hello to people. And it's Matt Sarah on the Cameo. And also uh, SarahBJJ.com for some... I don't know, jujitsu merch, some, hey, who wants a Matt Serra t-shirt? Anybody? Kamora Savage, Jimmy? You bet. You do, you do. Jimmy, I love you, dude. I'll text I you. Love you, pal. All right, I'll talk to you in a couple days. Bye, everyone. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 